my idea was to create something that's for fun and for free, as we do in Alcoholics Anonymous, which would still resemble uh, a lot of that goodwill, if you would, that I had experienced here over the 13 years. And so over the course of the next year, I basically created the uh, landscape, the footprint, if you will, of Austin Citywide Group. Well, hello, friends of Bill W. and other friends. You have landed on Sober Speak. My name is John M., I am an alcoholic, and we are glad you are all here, especially newcomers. Newcomers, that is, both to recovery as a whole and newcomers to this podcast. Sober Speak is a podcast about recovery centered around the 12 steps of Alcoholics Anonymous. My job here on Sober Speak is simple. My job is to provide a platform to the amazing stories of recovery all around us. Consider Sober Speak, if you will, your meeting between meetings. Please remember, we do not speak for AA or any 12-step community. We represent only ourselves. We are here to share our experience, strength, and hope with those who wish to come along for the ride, take what you want, and leave the rest at the curb for the trash man to pick up. Well, hello, Lords and ladies, that was the voice of my friend, Mr. Harris S., that you heard at the beginning of this episode, and we're going to hear much more from him in just a moment. But first things first, this episode, the one you are listening to right now at this very moment is brought to you by Noel. Noel went to our website, soberspeak.com, clicked on the PayPal donate tab, and made a contribution. Thank you so much, Miss Noel, for your generous contribution. This episode is for you. In fact, I'll probably sing a little song for you here. Noel, 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 Noel. Born is the king of Israel. Um, oh, I must apologize right on the very front end of this episode for singing that song. But nonetheless, no, you know what? And it's always kind of confused me. How do they turn that word Israel into Israel? I guess it's just poetic license. I don't know, but I've never known anybody who told me that they came from Israel. Nonetheless, I digress. All right, so I will be the chairperson for this meeting between meetings, and I am truly honored and privileged to serve all of you who will be listening in. And you can't see it right now, but I'm doing my little namaste hands and kind of bowing to you. Yes, you listening right there in your car or listening as you're running or listening in your kitchen or listening whatever you're doing. By the way, you know, when people write in, I love to hear what they're doing uh, when they're listening to the podcast. Now, keep it PG, if you will. Maybe I don't want to know everything, but nonetheless, uh, you know, I always say a little prayer before I start these things, and I think I'm going to be straight-laced and just keep it between the lanes, uh, if you will, or between the gutters, Uh, but I always have a tendency to go a little off track. I don't know if that's good or bad. Nonetheless, um, I want to start this with an iTunes review from Miss Tara. And Tara said, all around great is this podcast. John, this really helps. Today is two months. Never thought I would get here, but I am feeling empowered and confident and grateful. Your podcast really helps me. Thank you so much, Tara. Well, that's great, Tara. Uh, I, I am so glad that you got two months. Thank you for writing that review. I do appreciate it. All right. So, This is the last time you're going to hear me. I don't know if this is the last time you'll hear me um, talking about Sober Speak Live, but this is the last time you will hear me, uh, I guess, uh, saying that we're going to have this particular event because by the time you hear the next 
so to speak, we will have had this event already. So what do you ask is the significance of August 30th at 7 p.m. Central Time on this planet Earth? Well, we are going to have a big old shindig in Frisco, Texas. This is an open meeting of Alcoholics Anonymous, and all are welcome to attend. If you need, if you're in the North Texas area and you can attend the event, uh, you can go to our website, www.silverspeak.com, and the particulars are laid out there at the top of the page. Uh, but just so everybody knows, it is going to be an event, a live event, much like we would do just here, me and another guest, but I'm going to have that guest uh, in front of an audience, and we get to pick their brain. And in fact, I'm going to be giving the mic out so you you folks out there can actually ask questions of Mr. Jimmy D. If you haven't heard Jimmy D, go back and listen to episodes 54 and 55. He is an absolutely amazing speaker. Uh, he knows he has so much rich in uh, um, knowledge regarding the program of Alcoholics Anonymous, and uh, you're just going to love it. So anyway, just in case you're wondering, it is at 3521 Main Street in Frisco, Texas. That is the Grace Avenue United Methodist Church, and we are so thankful to them for opening their doors to let us host that event there. So, um, a lot of people have asked me what it's going to be like. Well, number one, we'll have Jimmy D and we're going to have some incredible live music. And Miss Wendy Child, she is out of this world. Uh, we're going to, you'll be able to meet me, my family, uh, Cassandra, who is the person who makes all these Instagram posts that you see go around. And we're going to have many of the Sober Speak guest there. Uh, I'm going to bring them up on stage, have them introduce themselves so you can put a face with a name. And something else you need to know, we are going to stream this on Facebook Live in the secret group. If you're not in the secret group, let me know. I'm at John, J-O-H-N, at SoberSpeak.com. So, want to tell you, just be real upfront with you, what I have struggled with, and that is the anonymity part and respecting the traditions of Alcoholics Anonymous. I'm not sure exactly how I'm going to do it. I know I'm going to be streaming the audio live, right? I may stream the guest, uh, excuse me, I may stream uh, the musical guest, uh, and uh, because they're not in the program of Alcoholics Anonymous and, you know, anonymity is not an issue for them. Uh, but I don't know if I'm going to be streaming uh, the rest of it. Like I said, uh, uh, I just get concerned about respecting the traditions of Alcoholics Anonymous. That's my only um, uh, concern there. So bear with me as I work through this, uh, trying to respect the traditions and making the content available to you guys. It is a delicate balance. As you know, we live in a new world. I don't think Bill and Bob ever pictured social media. So anyway, if you're going to be there and you're interested in lending a hand, send me an email. Let me know. Uh, many hands do make light work. In other words, if you would like to be a volunteer. All right. So now a couple of people, uh, excuse me, a couple of pieces of listener feedback, and then a little bit about Mr. Harris, and then we'll get right into his episode. So, Joanne wrote in, and I love this one. She said, Hey, John, Joe and W here. I just wanted to tell you how very much I appreciate you and what you are doing on Sober Speak. When I first heard, when I heard your first episode, I thought to myself, quote, <laughs> This guy's different, unquote. Wasn't too sure about, about you, but now that I have listened to many, um, I this is what I think. You are different in such a delightful way. Exclamation point. I think that's a compliment. Well, thank you so much, Joanne. You are able to take whatever experiences your guests are sharing with you, sometimes horrific tales, and always find their hope and recovery. Because though because these things happened in the past and were survived, you are able to talk to them in all seriousness, also with laughter and joy. What matters now 
or these are recovered lives. They are full on present day miracles. Very well put, Miss Joanne. I tune in daily to discover what kind of miracle you and your guests will be sharing. You make me laugh out loud, which I haven't done for a long time. And for that, I am grateful. John, you're helping so many people who are on the recovery road, and we are sincerely grateful. Thank you so much. Please keep doing what you're doing, smiley face. And then it says, sent from my iPhone. I guess I didn't need to read that part, but it says Joanne, and then she's got a, uh, uh, a and I don't know if you call these emojis, like a picture of a dove flying with a, uh, I believe that is a, oh, what kind of, I, I bet that's an olive branch in its mouth. And so anyway, thank you so much, Joanne. I do, do, do appreciate that. I just said do, do nonetheless. All right. Rebecca writes in on the Instagram. Notice how I said that. Don't I sound cool? The Instagram, the IG coming at you from the IG. She says, John, thank you very much for your continued work. I found your podcast in a moment of desperation when I needed a meeting, but couldn't make it to one. I'm a grateful member of Al-Anon listening to your program and the speakers you bring me and the speakers you bring on gives me much needed serenity. Sometimes I put it on for 20 or 30 minutes during my work lunch or while walking to the train in the morning. Though a member of Al-Anon, this podcast helps me so much. It inspired me to go to my first open AA meeting and I listen with an open heart. I'm learning so much about compassion and patience. Thank you so much for helping me listen, Rebecca. Ah, oh, Rebecca, that made my day. Thank you so much for writing in. You are a doll. I really appreciate it. All right. Now, we're going to be having some additional listener feedback at the end of Harris's episode. But a couple things. If you're not following me on Instagram, I would appreciate it. I'm at at SoberSpeak, all one word. And if this episode that you're about to listen to or any of the other episodes that you have listened to so far have touched you or you think that this may be the message that somebody else needs to hear, please pause your device and share that with a friend or family member. I sure would appreciate it. All right. Now, here's my friend Harris. He was or is the founder of of an organization or an event, I guess is what you would call it, called Austin Citywide. And the vision for this event to him, for, for this event, came to him in a dream. The event has grown by leaps and bounds over the years. Uh, Harris is an, exa- is an excellent example of an individual that listened to that voice inside them, and then they followed it up with action. We'll talk about Austin Citywide at length in this episode, and then we're going to dive into a portion of his story right toward the end of this episode, and then we're going to have a follow-up episode detailing Harris's uh, entire entree into Alcoholics Anonymous. By the way, you will love, absolutely love, his Nolens, New Orleans, accent. Without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, please welcome the one and only Mr. Harris S. Okay, everybody, so today we are sitting here with my friend, Mr. Harris S. Can you say hello to the audience there, Mr. Harris? Hello, everybody. Why don't you go ahead and give your sobriety date while you're at it as well? I will. Uh, my sobriety date is March 14th, 1989. March 14th, 1989. Now, I don't know if we discussed this before I got on, but I am actually an 89 model as well. Well, there you go. Great minds think alike, that, as they say. That's right. 
<laughs> okay, so let me go ahead and describe the setting here first before we get started. So Harris and I are in attendance at a conference called the, this is called the Mountain Conference, right? Is that where I am? Crested Butte Mountain Conference. The Crested Butte Mountain Conference. And uh, we are sitting here, we're not in my my normal, quote, studio, which is basically just the guest bedroom in my house. We are in what we call Studio B. In other words, <laughs> we are sitting here at the kitchen table of the condominium where me and my family are staying up here in Crested Butte. So if you hear some noises in the background, like people coming in and out of the condominium, that'll be my family. And you also may hear some noises coming from outside. But isn't this a great place? to be, Mr. Harris? Yes, it is. It's my 26th time attending this conference, and uh, it's been a real catalyst in my recovery. 26 times. Yeah, it's my 26th time. I met my wife up here 24 years ago, and our daughter has started coming when she was two months old, so she's got one to grow on. This is her 20th conference. She's 19 years old. Wow. That is absolutely amazing. Yeah. Three cheers for family recovery. That's that's great. Three cheers for family recovery. Yeah, I love it. So speaking of family recovery, um, okay, well, first of all, when we met last year here at the, actually, we had met before the conference last year, but when we spoke last year at the conference, I had told you that I had started up this little thing called Sober Speak, and um you were interested in it and kind of were asking some questions in it. And, you know, I was wanting to get some people on it that I knew you were definitely one of those. We had a little conversation about that. And then we agreed to kind of come and get together here at this conference this year and uh, get you uh, recorded. And so one of the things that I wanted to talk to you about is, uh, well, let me tell the audience first. Harris started an organization. Some of you may have heard of it. A lot of folks down here in Texas, when uh, down here, when I go back home, when I get to Texas, a lot of folks in Texas are very familiar with the organization. It's called Citywide. And Harris was the one who basically started that particular organization. So why don't you go ahead and tell people what Citywide is, what it does, what the genesis of it was all about, and then we'll go into your story a little bit more after that. Okay, sure. Well, uh, it's it's interesting you asked me that question where we're sitting today because I had attended the Crested Butte Mountain Conference for 13 years prior to starting Austin Citywide Group, and which is a open AA speaker meeting. It's a potluck fellowship dinner where we have a. Uh, potluck between five and seven and then a speaker from about seven to eight thirty and we have child care provided from five to nine so uh, the inspiration really came as a result of uh, participating in this conference for 13 years with my mentor uh, one of my mentors David Musselwhite who is a founding uh, uh, the founder of the Crested Butte Mountain Conference, and I got to know David over the years, and one thing led to another, and uh, being from New Orleans and sort of, uh, you know, just from a hospitality background and culture and family and food, and I just saw a lot of synergy between where I came from and my experience uh, with this conference and participating in it. Uh, over the 13 years prior to then and what actually happened going to make a long story short is I was awakened as sort of like Bill Wilson was uh, in terms of I had a dream and I was awakened suddenly and it was sort of like a utopia moment of wouldn't it be nice if we could have something that vaguely remembered, uh, resembled uh, the Crested Butte Mountain Conference in Austin, where we could have everyone get together and have this level of compassion, love, understanding, and community within one uh, opportunity, you know, within one location on a, on a monthly basis on an ongoing deal. And I was also uh, very sort of not put off, but I, I was very 
conscious of the idea that conferences are, they're expensive, they're hard to get to, they're, they're uh, time restrictive, uh, they're, uh, you know, there's some exclusionary component uh, of being able to, you know, sort of pay to play, if you will, to get there. And so my, my idea was to create something uh, that's for fun and for free, as we do in Alcoholics Anonymous, which would uh, still resemble uh, a lot of that goodwill, if you would, that, that I had uh, experienced here over the 13 years. And so over the course of the next year, um, I basically created uh, the the uh, landscape, the footprint, if you will, of Austin Citywide Group, and the, my components were that uh, that it would uh, create a, uh, the the template would be it would be replicable, duplicable, and transferable were the criterion of which I created the uh, the job descriptions that would uh, you know put on the event so okay so let's talk about that real quick okay you wanted something that could be replicated yes am i understanding well i know it's been replicated in at least a couple places where else has it been replicated? we we started uh austin citywide group was launched march 17th in 2007 at saint saint michael's church in austin texas and we had uh we had the capacity of about 240 people, and we had 280 people at the first meeting. And so I'm like, oh, my goodness, it's going to be like a Mack truck the next month. And uh, so the deal was I also, having had a lot of experience creating groups in Austin, Texas, I knew that uh, what was important is that it would be the same uh, day of the month, every month so it's a monthly speaker meeting and we designated it the third saturday of the month so uh the only problem with that plan is the next month it was going to be a train wreck because it was going to be obviously probably a lot more people than that and the you know the through the power alcoholics anonymous and i do believe good spiritual uh, karma, if you will, you know, the powers took care of that and we were able to move the event to Riverbend Church the next month. It was sort of like the Red Sea opened and uh, they had a much larger venue and we were able to move it there in April. So getting back to your question, uh, two years after that, in 2009, we started uh, Houston Citywide Group in uh, Houston and then... Uh, Several years after that, we started uh, Dallas Citywide Group. And so let me make sure I understand. When you say we, does that mean you and that same team were actually implementing it? That's a good question. We had uh, with Houston, it was uh, it was a basically I worked with one of my mentors, or I guess I'd say I happened to be his mentor. Uh, as it turned out, he was a desperate alcoholic, and he would come every. Uh, uh, Saturday to Austin Citywide Group and helped set up chairs and he just, he got the bug, if you would, of the passion about what what uh, Citywide really offered people and as AA spread, it was the same way Citywide spread it. Uh, he went back, moved back to Dallas and he brought the passion with him that he learned from Citywide Group and so he uh, assembled a team and I worked with, uh, uh, with him and his teammates uh, uh, via conference calls initially to uh, go ahead and, and you know, give them the template of Citywide, sort of what we're doing now in terms of my experience, having been the founder of, of Austin Citywide Group, and I just basically shared my experience, strength, and uh, hope with them, but particularly some of the specific logistics that would be needed to have the uh, event or the speaker meeting, if you would, be successful. And again, I look at success in a citywide concept of not what we're doing today, but how will this be uh, uh, modeled and how will it be functioning, uh, you know, 5, 10, 20 years from now. So when I create and, uh, you know, a meeting like this, I look forward in terms of the footprint already been there and then bring it back and create it in the present. But the vision, I don't really like that word. It's sort of a 
she she worked, but but I I see, you know what I see what um, how I would like it to be represented as in its utility to uh, newcomers. And uh, if there are any of you out in the audience, I hope perhaps this might uh, spark your interest as to you you know that there's a place that you can go. There's no expectations. You can go and. Uh, you know, get there, and people will, you know, be there to meet you and care for you and, and you know, be your friend. I, I, I was also very taken by the concept of a theme being modeled uh, with with the citywide uh, concept. The, the, the theme of where we are in Crested Butte right now is the spiritual life is not a theory. We have to live it. And I saw that for 13 years prior to creating Austin Citywide Group. And so I took the the concept of what is Alcoholics Anonymous. And if I had to break it down to its simple simplest component, particularly with people, again, that aren't here. So you may be 10, 20 years old, and you may get here when you're 30 or 40 years old. But what what would that be like and feel like and what type of entry would you have into a space where you would feel feel welcome and my my wife who's been sober a couple of years longer than me and my daughter who had been going to um, the conference, as I mentioned, since she was a little girl, I started talking to them about that, and we collectively really came up with the uh, theme of uh, Austin Citywide Group, which is uh, make a friend, be a friend, and that continues to be the theme of uh, Austin Citywide Group going on 13 years later now. Uh, Do you remember how and when that phrase came to you? Is that from something? Yeah, actually, it, that's a great question. And, and I specifically remember it as I awoke, awakened from the dream that I had a year earlier. And it was modeled by the end of Bill Wilson's story in chapter one. And it says, simple talks around kitchen tables and a widening circle of peace and will uh, and goodwill on earth to all men. And so I had the idea uh, sitting around a kitchen table and where there's food, camaraderie, uh, community and, and relationships. And I thought, you know, I thought a bill story back then when I had the idea wake, awaken from that, dream that I said, and I was startled. And a year later, when we're getting ready to really get closer to launching it after I'd done a lot of, a ridiculous amount of uh, work spiritually, emotionally, and physically to co construct, you know, the, the organization, really, it was a dimension of the fellowship. Uh, it just, it was, uh, it, you know, it just struck me that what is what what am, what am I creating? What is this? And it was a vehicle to communicate. And I think one of the simplest forms of communication is via friendship. And you know, so hence the the theme came: make a friend, uh, be a friend, which I think is really uh, uh, the simplest co component of Alcoholics Anonymous. Uh, when it's broken down, because it always comes down to that. Um, I also just, you know, looking back on the 13 years prior to that, I had to really conclude that, you know, what comes first, the recovery or the fellowship. And looking back from my experience, I accessed the fellowship long before I accessed recovery. So it was very important to me to create an environment where the fellowship would be modeled or represented for a newcomer to come in and feel, you know, like maybe there's hope here for them. And that's exactly what we try to do on Sober Speak, as I was talking to you about earlier. I want to give a platform to the amazing stories of recovery all around us, like yourself and others. And I want to bring up one more thing mm -hmm. here, then I'm going to go back to Citywide. And that is, I love how you talked about how you woke up from a dream and you couldn't let it go. And you just kept moving with it. And this right here, what we're talking about with Sober Speak, 
It wasn't a dream, mm -hmm. but one night the word podcast came to my head, and I could not let it go. And I tried to shake it, believe me, because I said, I know nothing about podcasts, and I don't even know what I'm getting into. And if you're out there, and you have some sort of idea, some sort of spark within you, listen to that spark, move with it, and run with it. Yes. Yeah. Okay, so getting back to Citywide. Mm -hmm. Um, by the way, as I told Harris before we started this, I never exactly know where these things are going to run, where they're going to go once we start these things. I didn't know we'd spend this much time on Citywide, but I'm so glad we are because it's a great organization. Um, if, if so, can you give a brief description of what a citywide, I know you have already, but if I'm, uh, maybe go into it a little more. If I'm walking into a citywide event, what should I expect? Okay, that's that's a fair question. Well, again, I, I identify with with citywide in terms of the construct of Alcoholics Anonymous as an organization that I am regarding when when you mention organization. I think collectively Alcoholics Anonymous, and so if I am a member of a group for me in particular, in Austin, Texas, what, what I found back in 2005, 2006, we had something called Katrina happen. And I was taken by that. You know, my, I had some family members almost died. I know people that died. And that had a huge impact on me in terms of uh, being isolated. There were people that you know, drowned, died. And another thing I acknowledge is that, you know, Alcoholics Anonymous, the inner group was underwater in, in New Orleans, Louisiana. And I was taken by that. So I was thinking of all the alcoholics that were there that could not relate to their group. They couldn't call in a group. Heck, they couldn't even call their sponsor. And so that, that hit me in a deep place. And so what I thought of was, wouldn't it be nice that within the framework of groups that we randomly take for convenient, is that wouldn't it be cool if there would be a, a, a vehicle that would connect the dots if you were to be represented by a group to string the dots to get to together and I realized that a line is a segment of dots so I thought that that uh, Austin Citywide group could represent the line as in connect the the uh, the various groups within an environment or a community so for example you know we probably have oh gosh we we've had uh, I think we've had over a hundred and fifty thousand people attend Austin Citywide Group over the going on thirteen years. We probably fed seventy five thousand people for fun and for free and God knows how many kids that we've taken care of with our child care. But they all come from different environments and different groups of Alcoholics Anonymous. So it's a vehicle to communicate. And uh, and what happens in Citywide is uh, we get a lot of treatment centers because treatment centers have found that it's a, it's a vehicle to not only fill a Saturday night, but a great means to introduce uh, people new to recovery to something bigger than themselves. And, you know, on any given Austin Citywide group, we can have between uh, 600 and 1,200 people attending uh, each meeting so someone can walk in and they may, you know, meet people from, you know, gosh, 10, 15, 20 different groups that are attending Austin Citywide Group, which is the collective consciousness of Alcoholics Anonymous within Austin, Texas. So it's, it's a framework to uh, connect. But not only that, now we've had people from... God, you know, all over the city, country, we have people from other countries, and I've been in, you know, spoken in California, and we've had people, you know, I'll be speaking, and, you know, oh, yeah, I went to Austin Citywide Group in, in Austin, Texas, and so it's a means of exchange, and exchange is relevant to uh, recovery, because at the end of the day, 
that's what we do. We, we uh, share our experience, strength, and hope with each other just to, you know, stay sober for, for today. So it's a means of connecting the dots uh, within the line of Alcoholics Anonymous within a various community is, is how I would explain that. And just so people know, there, there's always a speaker there, right? Kind yeah. of as the centerpiece. Yeah, so, so the framework of the group is that uh, we have a, uh, it's actually an interesting uh, gig for starters no one gets paid I've never uh, you know it's for fun and for free and uh, it is I have an extensive background in restaurant catering and uh, corporate medical sales so I come from a crazy uh, a large family let me re- reframe that I wouldn't say so much crazy but uh, I'm qualified to be here with five <laughs> brothers and four sisters and a hundred first and second cousins so I related to large numbers volume moving parts and details and Austin Citywide Group we start at two o'clock and it's strictly voluntary uh, to come and help set up, but within you know Austin Citywide Group, uh, we have like 18 different components of service, and it's sort of like a ballet. You know, you go in and you're seeing the ballet, but you don't know what it took to see that you know actor, if you will, or the ballerina up there. Just well, how'd they do that? Well. The way citywide works is there's, you know, literally hundreds of people that work together to beyond the scenes to make when the newcomer come in feel and welcome as in they're the only one in the room. And that takes uh, a lot of planning. It takes a lot of detail and it takes a lot of, you know, people that want to live outside of themselves to you know, implement the principles of Alcoholics Anonymous, which is to be useful to other people. And uh, through there, we're given a good life. But it, it, it is totally voluntary, and it's month to month, and uh, people show up, and uh, most of the positions um, are a two-year position, a commitment to various avenues of service. I don't even think I need to go into all of them, but um, being the founder of Austin Citywide Group and sort of seeing the big picture, if you will, I sort of took on about five of those positions by myself initially, but that sort of comes with uh, leadership and creativity and the, the drive to uh, create something. And it's part of the, it's just part of what, it's just what happened to me. I don't mean to personalize it, but, uh, through the experience, uh, and I, I was the event coordinator for four of the first five years of Austin Citywide Group. And if you were to look at it from a systems, uh, position, it would be, you know, basically that's the, the, uh, sort of the center stage and the one who's responsible for uh, the event. So if there's other, you know, any any problems, uh, it goes back up to the event coordinator and then the a- event coordinator sees that the system's working, uh, you know, throughout uh, flawlessly for the event to see that it, it's handled uh Properly, so you can look at it uh, uh, dimensionally in terms of a triangle. And if you look at the top of the triangle, that's the first uh, degree of the triangle. Well, from there, everything else uh, fans out and, and goes down from there. So it's sort of a sort of a systems down and then up, and the communication is fluid throughout the. Uh, the the event, if you will, it's from five to nine, but it starts really at two or three with the setup, and then basically we wrap it up. We leave the event in better condition, the location better than we find it, and it's a it's a full on no joke deal. It's it's a uh, it's a potluck fellowship dinner, and then we have a, a speaker from seven to eight thirty, and then we wrap up and we have child care from five to nine. So back to your your uh, 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 
you know, question about the speakers. Uh, we had primarily local speakers for the first two years. My, my uh, criterion, and again, since I created it, I created the criterion, uh, which has changed through the evolution of new leadership, I believe, which some of it, I think, has proved fared well, and some of it, uh, to be honest with you, I may not have changed at all, but my criterion initially was the speaker had uh, 15 years of sobriety or uh, uh, more before they uh, spoke uh, for us, and I also had enough uh, experience with being an active member of uh, Austin AA group and you know uh, throughout the country that I had the the ability to attract people with that level of service and experience to speak and I think what's happened throughout some of the years is uh, 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 maybe uh, that sort of has changed as in maybe other some of the people don't have quite the experience of the depth of the, uh, those type of speakers throughout the country with their experience. But I do want to say I didn't arbitrarily come up with that number. There were two people that spoke at actually this conference that I had seen, and they were 10 years and 12 years, and they sort of got out on the, uh, the, the concept of a of a circuit is sort of a, a joke. I, they call it circus. Maybe that's better represented. But there is no hierarchy in Alcoholics Anonymous. But ego is a huge component of our disease. And what I had discovered is I saw people that were just getting out here on a national level, if you will, and getting a lot of uh, exposure to speaking. And uh, what happened to them is they got drunk. Shortly after they, you know, 10, 11, 12, 13 years. And so observing that, I just raised the bar a little bit higher. It doesn't mean it's right, wrong. It was just my experience that I thought that was prudent to do that and how I established those criterions. And uh, then um, the third year, um, I'm all about the spirit of rotation having started it, and I wanted to rotate out of the event coordinator. We had another lady that I trained. She did a great job the following, uh, the third year, and then she got engaged, and the person that, that she was training, they decided to get married, and so he decided he didn't want to be the event coordinator, which was probably a wise move uh, uh, for him anyhow, and so the position came back up again, and then they asked me to come back and do another two-year uh, tour of duty, if you will, and then coming back for the fourth and fifth year of service for me with Austin Citywide Group. I came back with, uh, we had uh, gone through, you know, 36 speakers then. I think I had gotten probably 34 of them. And I said, you know what, I think we need a, a, a new do. We need to move this into more of a national uh, type uh, speaking uh, experience level. And so I started contacting a lot of speakers that I knew from uh, throughout the country, some throughout the world. And uh, I was able to draw in their experience. They were thrilled to, to come to Austin Citywide Group. And we've had, I think I've had three or four people from you know, the, the big book uh, stories that have, have spoken for us here. And so it really expanded the dimension and the depth and weight and also gave Austin Citywide Group more national exposure, and uh, which was really useful because uh, of the, I think, I think the theme of a citywide group should be in every major city. And I do believe that if Bill Wilson was still here, this would have been done. Uh, long before I had my dream, if you will. That makes sense. All right, we will be continuing our conversation with Harris in just a moment. Just a reminder, you're listening to Sober Speak. You can find us on the web at www.soberspeak.com. There you can also find the donate button on our website, which you can use if and only if the Spirit moves you to do such. Please keep in mind this is a podcast funded by you, the listener. Sober Speak is a self-supporting organization through our own contributions. 
We are not allied with any sect, denomination, politics, organization, or institution. We do not wish to engage in any controversy, neither endorse nor oppose any causes. All right, now back to Mr. Harris. All right, so I want to go. So we've talked all about Citywide, and and I, and I love that organization. I love what you've done with it. But we've kind of started at the end, and I want to go back a little bit now. There's a lot of years before you got to create Citywide. And one of the reasons I wanted to have you on the podcast, by the way, is because I love your voice. And I'm sure your voice gets brought up a bunch. You can tell you are not from uh, New Hampshire, right? So, <laughs> yeah, I'm not you, from Kansas either. No, no. And so, so why don't you talk a little bit about your roots? Uh, obviously, you've mentioned it already. You're from Nolens. And uh, why don't you talk about how you grew up? Great. Okay. Well, the funny thing is, uh, Bill Wilson talks it's darkest before the dawn. Well, you know, I was born before it got light for me, as in on the same day. I was born March 14th, 1957. So I actually got sober on uh, on my birthday, which turned out to be, you know, what a, an ultimate uh, gift. But again, it had something I, I, I didn't plan on. Um, I have, uh, yeah, I was born and raised in New Orleans, Louisiana. Uh, I have, uh, I'm sixth of 10 children. So anymore in the middle, you have to cut me in half. I'm Fifth, fifth from the bottom and sixth from the top. I have five brothers and four sisters. And uh, my mom is uh, one of ten children. And my father was uh, one of three children. And uh, come from two very... I'm sort of a... Uh, sort of a myriad of two different backgrounds. My, my mother... Uh, was raised Roman Catholic, and uh, her father was actually uh, an orphan walking around New Orleans, and his aunt wound up taking him in, and he wound up becoming the charter member of Tulane Medical School. So I come from, I guess, the intellect, and my father is the opposite sort of uh, uh, sculpt. He was... uh, Grew up with sort of monkeys and no running water in in Kenner, uh, Louisiana, which is where the airport is. And back then it was like uh, literally, you know, the swamps and and the woods. So I come from two very, very different uh, backgrounds. And, um, you know, I I was uh, brought up Catholic and uh, I went to church for... Till I was 12 or 13, 14 years old, and then I, you know, just really, it just didn't speak to me. I, I guess I'm, you know, I'm, I'm the rebellious type, I guess you could say. I learned about that later as I, uh, you know, engaged in my uh, sobriety. But when they were talking commandments, I just uh, went the other way. You know, I'd go and do my confessions, and they'd say, 30 minutes, you know, 30 Hail Marys, 22 push-ups, and 18 Our Fathers, and I'm like, oh, my God, I can't stand this, and I'd halfway get through that and then go do the same thing I said I'd never do in the confessional again, and and, uh, so I grew up with a lot of, uh, you know, I would really think now, looking back on it, nobody made me believe anything it's just this these were my conclusions from the environment that i grew up in and i'd like to say that as alco as an alcoholic you know i have a perception problem and uh you know to the contrary my aunt my mother's oldest sister was actually blessed by the pope in 1962 and she ran the largest Catholic retreat center in the United States called the Cynical. So she came from a similar gene pool than I did, and she found God in the church and excelled with it and loved it, and she'd come over and she'd have a habit on and smile as wide as Texas, and I'd look on, look at her and started, you know, judging how she looked, how she was dressed, and 
how could she be so happy being a nun? And, you know, so as a little boy, you know, I had those childhood uh, prejudices that Bill Wilson talks about in We Agnostics. And I saw that uh, those prejudices uh, fueled my alcoholism. But... Um, Again, being one of 10, my mother was pregnant 14 of her first 16 years of marriage and had four miscarriages. And uh, so she was sort of uh, busy, as you could say. <laughs> and uh, being in the middle of it, I was, you know, uh, busy on steroids. And what happened with that is uh, my mom was, uh, you know, had a I think she was responding to an alcoholic environment. You know, my, I'd say my, my, uh, my father, um, you know, put it this way, he never really got to our way of life and he did things his way, but uh, he also drank a lot. I know I'm on sort of out in the world, so I don't want to speak for someone else, but I do believe I grew up in an alcoholic home and I do believe that, that my mother... Uh, responded to, I think anybody with 10 kids would have, you know, mental problems. So when she started coming out of, not coming out of a room, I figured she was pretty smart, you know, but that takes some getting young, uh, used to and looking back many years later to say, oh my God, you know, my mom's not coming out of a room. Well, you know, I have one kid and sometimes I don't want to come out my, my room so I can identify as a parent with one kid and I'm sort of saying that half-heartedly but with that by the way you, when you're saying rum that's the same thing as room yeah rum. I'm just making me. sure yeah yeah rum and rum for alcoholics in New Orleans there's really not much uh uh uh, distinction. Then I saw a, a story in the big book that said rum, radio, and something else. I said, yeah, I think I need to read his story. It reminds me of myself. But yeah, to articulate uh, a little bit more on that, my I had my, uh, when I was like, I was under one year old. I found this out when I was in treatment in 1989 and the family secrets sort of start coming out and sort of what happened to you. My mom came to my treatment uh, uh, there in, in Scottsdale, Arizona before I got kicked out of treatment, which is another story. It's got rather entertaining <laughs> itself, but sticking to my background, uh, you know, I discovered that, you know, my mom was on a lot of uh, psychotropic drugs that were given to her, not uncommon back in that time by psychiatrists, psychologists, and, and uh, I got into some of my mom's, uh, what, what uh, Mick Jagger uh, described it as mother's little helper. Mm -hmm. I described it as Black Molly's as I understood. Well, I took a handful of those when I was uh, one year old because they were laying on the floor and I didn't have anything better to do. So once I took them and uh, I started going about 800 miles an hour, they were planning on going to a drive-in movie. So she called the, the doctor and said, hey, you know, I think my son may have got into some of my medication. And he said, well, if he starts throwing up, bring him in. Otherwise, don't worry about it. So they took me to the drive-in movie, and I just continued to spin out of control for about three days but never threw up. And so for me, when I say that I'm a miracle, and as in two plus two is four, I'm not exaggerating. And... Uh, Three and a half years later, I uh, was at my cousin's uh, party, New Year's Eve party, and uh, two of my um, older teenage cousins at the time who were well on working their way to the story and they were drinking, uh, they decided to, they had, a, uh, they had a pint of bourbon and Coke and they thought it would be entertaining to have me take a sip of it. Well... They gave me one sip, but, you know, one's too many and 20 pints is not enough. Within five minutes, I drank the whole uh, pint of bourbon and Coke and uh, went into alcoholic convulsions once they locked me in my uh, uh, grandmother's car because they didn't want to get caught. And this story sort of, you know, excelled from there. So and how I was old very, were you again? I was four years old then. Wow. So I had my first drunk at... Uh, four years old, and I was very uh, 
fortunate not to have an alcoholic death then. You know, Mr. Harris, I am so much enjoying this. I think what we're going to have to do, though, is I'm going to have to have you back maybe uh, uh, tomorrow. And we're going to have to finish up the second half of this because I'm very much interested in knowing how all this turns out. Because I know you're going to go from your four-year-old drunk into some more shenanigans. And probably you're going to get sober eventually, I'm assuming. Eventually it happened. It was many <laughs> lifetimes labor though, uh, later, though, unfortunately. But I'm fortunate enough to be with you today. And thanks for having me. You're welcome. Okay, so I'm going to close it out with page 164 of the big book. And it says, abandon yourself to God as you understand God. Admit your faults to him and to your fellows. Clear away the wreckage of your past. Give freely of what you find and join us. We shall be with you in the fellowship of the Spirit, and you will surely meet some of us, like me and Harris, as you trudge the road of happy destiny. May God bless you and keep you until then. Once again, Mr. Harris, thank you for coming in today, and we will get the rest of your story here out to the the SoberSpeak audience soon. Goodbye. Well, that was my friend, Mr. Harris S., if you want to reach out to Harris or any of the other speakers, go ahead and send me an email to John, J-O-H-N. I sound like a cheerleader there, don't I? J, give me a J, give me an O, give me an H, give me an N. Anyway, send me an email to John at SoberSpeak.com and I will gladly Get your comments, remarks, questions over to Mr. Harris or any of the other speakers. Um, I'm happy to do such. All right. Now, for a little feedback, Dela listener. It's kind of a little bit of Spanish, a little bit of English there. I, I guess you probably figured that out. Nonetheless, uh, Anicia writes in on the Instagram and she says, Hey, John. I absolutely love Bill C. She is referencing a an episode from last week. And she says, It is by no mistake that my sponsor also shared with me his recent PG talk. I'm not real sure what PG is, but anyway. He keeps showing up, so there must be something to learn and enjoy, smiley face. If I recall, you mentioned Bill C. having a daily reflection post. Something like Bill C. at kitchentableaa.com. And you got it. If that's the same Bill C., I'd very much love to subscribe to that email. Would you be so kind to share that link with me again? Love your work exclamation point exclamation point Anicia two praying hands two clapping hands and two thumbs ups well thank you Anicia appreciate that by the way I've had several people ask about that if you would like to get on Bill C's email list it's like a daily email that he sends out and I absolutely love it and I highly recommend it send him an email to Bill B-I-L-L-C as in Charlie at kitchentableaa.com that's K-I-T-C-H-E-N T-A-B T-A-B L-E aa.com so that's kitchentableaa.com and uh anyway send him that email and he will get you on that list he sends it out every day and it's got a lot of good spiritual wisdom in there a lot of quotes from the big book other AA literature and literature outside of Alcoholics Anonymous um and anyway I think you'll really enjoy it and just in case you didn't hear Bill C's episode it is ep that's short for episode Ep number 92, and it's called Practical Spirituality and Intimacy in Relationships. Ellen writes in, 
And Ellen wrote in at one point previously asking if I could connect her with Buddy C from episode number 46, which is Taoism, Georgia, and Recovery, which is an excellent episode as well. Um, uh, so she wrote in and she was asking uh, basically if I could connect those two because she wanted to have him come in and speak at a uh, local event they were having there. She said, hey, John, thank you again for connecting Two Georgia fans of Sober Speak. Last Friday, Buddy C from Your Fantastic Podcast drove an hour from his town north of Atlanta to speak at my home group, High Noon, in the Virginia Highlands neighborhood of Atlanta. Many enjoyed his, his story and thanked him for joining us. After the meeting, we enjoyed lunch with my sponsor and some other friends. And I'm sorry, I just lost my praise. Uh, after the meeting, we enjoyed lunch. Where I realized I was sitting with 65 years of sober experience. Me, with only a few days past the five-month mark Wow, God is good, and friends in the fellowships and friends in the fellowship are great. Thank you for the work you do on Sober Speak and for helping share stories of strength and hope to so many. Your show has been a blessing on my work travels. Here's a selfie we took after lunch just for you. And <laughs> it's a great selfie. Thank you for sending that in. I'm so glad that you and Buddy C and the group uh, got to all get together. That was absolutely fantastic. Beverly writes in and she says, Hi, John. I just listened to Brenda. OMG. Big smiley face. Couple of exclamation points. She says, I want to have coffee with that woman. She touched me on every level from my funny bone to my heart. Will she be at the live live forum on August 30th? By the way, I believe FOO is family of origin. I had asked that on a previous episode. And uh, anyway, she says, blessings, your sober sister, Beverly. P.S. Next week, God willing, if the crick don't rise... <laughs> I will celebrate one year. Okay, so let me unpack bits and pieces of that. First of all, she was listening to Brenda J, episode 90, called Grace and God. And that's where she said, I want to have coffee with that woman. She touched me on every level from my funny bone to my heart. And I completely get that, Beverly. And uh, she wants to know if she's going to be at the August 30th live event. And I've asked Brenda, I think she's going to come. I'm not completely sure. But uh, anyway, I hope that she's going to be there with us on that evening. All right. Um, Georgia writes in from down under hello miss joja anyway how you crikey's doing down there is that crikey's is that a good word or a bad word i'm not real sure are y'all watching uh, uh koala bears and kangaroos from your window and you know you would probably ask in texas hey are we like riding our horses outside or something like that i completely get it these are all stereotypes you may be doing none of that anyway she says hi john my name is georgia and and I'm an alcoholic, and I live in Sydney, Australia, and I got sober in Canberra in 2006. I love listening to your program on the train and on my way to work. Well, that's really cool. I'm thinking about that right now. So you're on the train. You could be on the train right now, Georgia, listening to us on your way to work. Anyway, today you talked about the secret Facebook group, and I wanted to uh, let you know that I wanted to ask you if you would invite me. Well, of course, Georgia, we got that invite out to her immediately. Anyway, she says, thank you for, for, for and, and just in case you want an invite, by the way, we're not leaving anybody out. All you got to do is send me your email associated with your Facebook group or Facebook account 
to John G-O-H-N at SoberSpeak.com. Anyway, she says, thank you for providing SoberSpeak to us in the Alki world. It is amazing how we, how we across the world can be connected to each other's hearts via your show. God bless Georgia. Well, that's great, Georgia. Thank you so much for saying that. And you're right. We're all one spirit and we're connecting together and I'm glad we can use technology to do that. Uh, It is so cool that I get to meet so many of you nowadays that I would never be able to meet you otherwise. Some of you get to see in person. Most of you, most of you I communicate with, you know, electronically, whether it's on Instagram or whether it's on Facebook or whether it's via email, but it is so cool to hear all the stories. Antoinette writes in. Isn't there like a a Marie Antoinette? Oh, who is Marie Antoinette in history? Uh, I can't remember. You know, I really should think about these things before I go talk about them (laughs) on the podcast. You know, I, I could, all I would have to do is sit down before I read this and Google Marie Antoinette. And I know that there'd be tons of, uh, uh, information that came up, but no, I just do this raw and unfiltered. Nonetheless, all right. Antoinette says, I am a member of Al-Anon and I live in the San Fernando Valley in Southern California. I learned about Sober Speak from a speaker on the Recovery Show, an Al-Anon focused podcast. And I know that show very well. And in fact, I've had Spencer on my show before a couple of different times. And uh, she said, I wanted to learn more about the disease of alcoholism, so I began to listen to this program, Sober Speak. I am powerless over my alcoholic, and after listening to the stories, I have a better understanding of the power alcohol and drugs have over my qualifier. Listening to the stories of recovery gives me hope where before the program, I had none. I know I have no control over this illness, but by working the 12 steps program, I can be a healthier, happier person. I especially like the speaker, Ricky R episodes number 87 and 81. He had such a practical approach to working the steps. And I have listened to these posts more than once. I think listening to these stories of recovery, strength, and hope helped me to stay calm when the ongoing issues of active alcoholism flare up. Thank you for your show, Antoinette. Well, you're welcome, Antoinette. Thank you so much for writing in. I'm glad we can be a small part of your journey. Seth, writes in and he says, hello, John, can I join the secret Facebook group? Of course you can, Mr. Seth. And we let him in. He says, I've been sober this time since June 8th of 2015. I relapsed on pain medication with nine years in 2014. We're hearing more and more of that lately here, Seth. But anyway, following a major back surgery, I love the podcast exclamation point. Thank you so much, Seth B. Thank you, Seth. All right. Francisco writes in from New Jersey. How you doing, Francisco? How you doing out there in New Jersey? Anyway, he says, today I didn't drink. I mowed the lawn. The old me would have drank a 12 pack at least. I had a nice lemonade instead and listened to your podcast. Well, that is quite a better choice there, Mr. Francisco. I appreciate it. All right, everybody. It is a wrap for this week for episode. Oh, I hope I get this right. I think this is episode 93 with Mr. Harris. So. Enjoy the rest of your day or an evening whenever you're listening to this. I will try to make it back next week. Until then, keep coming back. It works if you work it.